your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So it is time for the draft. And while we are not, you know, in the war rooms of all of the NHL teams, we don't have Gary Bettman here to boo at. I guess that I, I guess I'm the, the Gary Bettman. Please don't boo uh, me. I, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we're going to do our own locked on NHL draft. And so today we have most of the top 10 draft picks uh, re- represented here on, on the show. And we're going to just jump right into it. You're going to hear from each of our teams about who they want to draft, where they're from. We're going to get some discussion, some fighting, maybe some trades. Who knows? It'll get exciting as we uh, get into it. So we're just going to start the draft clock right away. And we're going to head to the New York Rangers. We have John Chick, host of Locked on Rangers. You are on the clock. Who are you going to pick? All right, with the number one overall pick of the 2020 NHL Draft, the New York Rangers select Alexi Lafreniere from Ramuski Oceanic of the QMJHL. So this is really a no-brainer, the no-brainer to end all no-brainers, really. I get to see a single mock draft where he's not the number one pick. Uh, if you're the Rangers, this is not the time to get cute or throw everybody a curveball. The Rangers are a team that has a lot of difficult decisions to make this offseason, including one that might be happening tomorrow. There's a rumor that they might be buying out Henrik Lundqvist. And there's a handful of free agents where you could really make a case for bringing them back or letting them walk. This, to me, is the easiest decision of the offseason for the New York Rangers because Lafreniere, by all accounts, is a generational talent. Uh, there's never a bad year to have the first overall pick in the draft, but this is the year you really want to have it. By all accounts, he's head and shoulders above pretty much everybody. And he's put up just complete video game numbers in the QMJHL. Uh, this past season, he averaged more than two points a game, played 52 games, 35 goals, 77 assists, 112 points in just the 52 games. So, yeah, I think that pretty much speaks volumes for the type of player that he is. I also realize that the QMJHL is not the NHL, but I don't care if you're doing this in high school, in college, the minors, the NHL, you're 70 and overly, whatever it might be. Those are just phenomenal numbers by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it's funny, we actually did a crossover episode with Trey from Locked on Devils not too long ago. And uh, we talked about how you can't even do those kinds of stats in a video game, which is true because each of us have tried it. But uh, on top of all that, you know, Lafreniere, he's got all the intangibles, tremendous competitor, tremendous leader, size, speed. There's absolutely nothing not to like here. And I feel like a lot of people on this call probably have more difficult decisions than I have. So I'll keep it kind of short here and I'll toss it to Sarah Edmondo of Lockdown Kings. Sarah, you are on the clock. Yeah, so next up is me with the Kings uh, representing the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, from, uh, from the OHL, we're going to go with Quentin Byfield, uh, which I know is going to get some disappointed faces from my Senators friends. But I think that the tantalizing prospect of having Anshe Kopitar Jr., uh, running the center for the Kings for the foreseeable future uh, to get that transition from Kopitar to the next generation of Kings, I think is just too much to pass up. I, I think that having Byfield down the center is just 
too too tantalizing of a prospect to to pass up. They have lots of guys in the system right now who are future centers, but at the end of the day, you can move them to wing. You can uh, adjust their positioning. You're not going to find another Quentin Byfield. So he is my pick at number two for the Los Angeles Kings, and I'm going to toss it to the Ottawa Senators. You guys are on the clock with your first of two picks today. Yeah, so I'll make the third pick. Brandon Pillars here from the Locked On Senators podcast as well. He'll be picking fifth. Um, thanks to the Eric Carlson trade, of course, from a year ago. There was a clause that if San Jose made the playoffs in 2019, which was almost inevitable, it'd be transferred no matter what in 2020. So they didn't have a choice to move it. Top five pick in the bag. Almost a case of give and take because obviously Ottawa gave up the number four overall pick last year in the Matthew Shane trade. Without further ado, at number three, Tim Stutzla from Mannheim in the German League. And I'd like to preface this by saying we're drafting him as a centerman. He played the left wing this year, playing against men as an 18-year-old. But every year in youth before that, he's a center iceman. That's where he wants to play. And that's the biggest need in the Ottawa Senators organization. So very happy to select Timmy Stutzla. Uh, He's going to be a perfect complimentary piece on a top line that has Brady Kachuk, a guy who can get to the net, because that's the one part of Tim Stutzla's game that might need a bit of work. He's a bit of a more perimeter player, but there's nothing wrong with that when you have hands like him and vision like him. So I see him being a a 60 assist guy at the National Hockey League level. How many goals is yet to be seen, but thrilled to add him to an already deep prospect pool at center but not that elite talent and we just added it right here all right locked on red wings you are on the clock all right uh well with the fourth pick in the 2020 nhl draft the detroit red wings begrudgingly settle for uh i mean proudly select lucas raymond from forlunda of the shl at this spot we considered cole perfetti we considered Marco Rossi, because like the Ottawa Senators, the Red Wings are pretty thin at the center position in their prospect pool, so that filled a need. But ultimately, we decided to take the player who we think is going to be the best player available at that position, especially because neither Cole Perfetti or Marco Rossi are guaranteed to fit in at the center position. A lot of uh, places that you know have been scouting, both of those guys said that they end up on the wing. Lucas Raymond, on the other hand, he's a bona fide winger. He's, he does absolutely everything well. He's a fantastic skater. He's got an unbelievable shot. He always makes the right pass. He makes the hard pass look easy, and his hockey IQ is off the charts. Uh, at the end of the day, Raymond is the closest thing to an electrifying talent as the Red Wings are going to find outside of the top three. And when you read these draft guys, uh, you know, elite prospects, Dauber prospects, whoever it may be, they all kind of say – the same thing. And that's that the consensus top three in the eyes of, you know, pretty much what we've been told is not necessarily the consensus top three in terms of scouting. And Lucas Raymond very much belongs in that conversation. And because we think he gives us the best chance to catch lightning in a bottle at four, he's the selection for the Detroit Red Wings. I got one comment and I like the pick. He's fourth on, on my draft rankings as well, but with the Steve Eisman connection, I just see him as loving high IQ players. And he drafted a player in Braden Point in Tampa. And I just see so much of Cole Perfetti in Braden Point. Do you think that, I know your pick's Lucas Raymond. Do you think that Eisman could lean Perfetti in that situation? I do. And like you said, there's been a lot of uh, chatter surrounding that. I believe it was the day after the NHL draft lottery. Uh, who's it? Sam Cosentino. I think he said that Perfetti is as much of a lock to Detroit at four as uh, Lafreniere is at one to the Rangers. So I do think that 
that seems to be the consensus at this point. But as we've seen with Steve Eisenman last year when he jumped up and took Mo Sider at number six overall, shocked the entire draft. Uh, you know, do you never really know what he's going to do? All right. So we've got our first kind of surprise of the draft with Detroit. Ottawa, you are back on the clock for pick number five, your second uh, in this round. Thank you very much, Sarah, and excellent pick by the Detroit Red Wings there. That's going to cause the Ottawa Senators to go to their backup choice at fifth overall, but for a consolation prize, a 52-goal scorer in Jack Quinn from the Ottawa 67s is not too bad at all. And with the selection of Timmy Stutzla, now the Ottawa Senators have that elite top line in Brady Kachuk, Stutzla, and Jack Quinn. And a lot of people... They might want to harp on Jack Quinn saying it's easy to score 52 goals when you're playing with Marco Rossi. However, he spent most time five on five away from Rossi. They obviously hooked up on the power play, but this is a guy that can drive his own line. And we know the Senators have a lot of other prospects in positions as wingers, especially on the left side. They've got Formanton, Kachuk, lots of talent there. Drake Batherson on the right side, but they're still needing that elite goal scoring pure offensive guy to put the puck in the net and we believe jack quinn's gonna do that and he helps because he's a local kid too sends love drafting local guys and his favorite player is daniel offertson so he, he ends up anything like that will be happy jack quinn is one of those guys that have really you know as a late birthday kind of on that transition area where you know he could have been probably last year's draft class kind of an, an older player in this one Really gaining some some late steam. I think his big thing was skating this year, and he really improved upon that. And that's what's really helped propel him up the the rankings this year. So uh, I'm probably a little surprised at five, but not a bad pick either with with what he's got for uh, with shooting talent. All right, we're already getting a pretty uh, interesting, a little different looking draft board than uh, some project projections have had. We're going to head back to the West Coast with the Anaheim Ducks. Locked on Ducks, you're on the clock. All right, so this actually sets up pretty well for the Ducks. As you guys may be well well aware, the Anaheim Ducks were one of, if not the worst power play teams in the entire NHL, and that was their biggest problem was offense. They're one of the lowest ranked offenses in the entire NHL. So I figured they need someone that can score. They need someone that is probably projected to be the best shot. So with the sixth pick, I'm, I'm thinking and hoping – Alexander Holtz. Yeah, I'm going to go with Alexander Holtz from Sweden. He is from Jurgardens IF from the SHL. Uh, one of the elite scorers, I think, for Sweden. And he did pretty well on juniors as well. The thing I like about Alexander Holtz is he is a finisher, which is what the Ducks desperately need. He's one of the best pure snipers in the entire draft. Uh, something else that I liked about his talent. Uh, he's got good speed. He's a threat anywhere in the offensive zone. You can have a bad angle shot. You could shoot from between the dots. You could shoot from just at the slot. He can make it from pretty much any of those spots. Uh, his release is extremely good. Uh, he can kind of change the angle a little bit on his shot. So that's something that I think defenses are going to have a tough time with. And that's something that goalies are going to have a tough time with. And as far as the Ducks are concerned, look, they don't need a passer. They don't need another playmaker type player because they've got plenty of those. Um, if you guys recall from, God, a year ago now, it's been nine, ten months since the World Juniors. 
And remember, there's a guy coming up that was very well loved, and that was Trevor Zegris. Zegris is bound to come up with the Ducks, and he's more of a playmaker type player. So if you have that unbelievable shot to go with him, he could be very good for the Ducks later on down the line who are going to stray away from some of their aging veterans. In particular, Ryan Getzloff, who has one year left, and then he could go the way of Corey Perry. Just quickly, since you uh, selected after us, what was is your opinion on Holtz versus Quinn? Did you did that change your decision at all, or did you have Holtz the whole way? I had Holtz the whole way just because of the kind of game that he brings, and I kind of figured that would that the draft board would go as it is. I kind of figured that if there's a player that's going to fall into number six, it's going to be Holtz, and I kind of figured the draft has gone how I thought it would go with you guys, honestly. <laughs> So we're six for six as far as my draft order with regards to everyone else here. So that's who I've had. Plus watching their power play is a bit, oh, it's trying. Try watching their power play live and try hearing all the fans under you going, shoot, shoot, shoot. Do you know how many times I heard that this season? Yeah, Holtz's shot will help that. That's every Minnesota Wild game ever. <laughs> Um, just out of curiosity, since you're, you're talking, uh, was Holtz on your radar, Joe? Holtz was definitely on one of those radars. Um, I think he was on our wish list. He was pretty high on our wish list. Um, but uh, I think, you know, especially when you're considering, you know, center prospects and things like that. And uh, I do think that he's one of those, actually, he's a winger and a more of a forward. I do think that for center prospects, the Wild are probably going to lean more center just in that in that direction a little bit more, but, uh, but Holtz is one of those guys that uh, definitely has that elite talent and, uh, and certainly the, uh, the skating ability to, to do exactly what the wild want uh, out of their, their prospects. Well, there's another reason the ducks want a winger. They're pretty decent on center. They got Getzloff, They got Adam Henrique. They have Sam Steele, who is better than I think people give him credit for, but on the wing, you have Danton Hyman and Carter Rowney. Hmm. Yeah, they need a winger. Bad. And they need a shooting winger. Really bad. All right, so Anaheim is solving some problems in this draft. We go to New Jersey next with Trey Matthews, host of Locked on Devils. You're on the clock. Oh, Jason, we talked about this a month ago, and uh, you still stuck by it. So yep. thanks. Now I got to change it up a little bit. I did. I okay. tried to make it easy on you. Well, you certainly did, and I'm surprised no one has picked this guy yet. So before I pick, make my pick, let's look at the first six. Well, yeah, let's look at the first six games for the Devils: five to four, seven to two, four to nothing, four to three, three nothing, six to four, zero oh and six to begin the year. We don't really need offense, in my opinion, because we have some young talent that can develop. We have Heizer, we have um, Hughes, we have Brock Gusev. We have a lot of young guys to develop on our offensive end. I don't think getting goals is our problem. And I think with the duo of Mark Recchi and Lindy Ruff, I believe that our offense could come into fruition. Now, I'm going to take a huge risk. And and honestly, I am stunned that you guys have not taken him off the board yet. I'm going to go with Jamie Drysdale. And the reason I go with Jamie Drysdale 
out of Erie from the Erie auditors because he's a brilliant skater capable of quarterbacking a power play with ease and generating results both ways through the neutral zone. Uh, more of a playmaker than a shooter. Drysdale is adaptable first and foremost. He's going to make the best decision regardless, no matter the situation. He's the only defenseman in this year's draft with the clear number one defensive upside. If a defenseman was going to be selected for like first, it was going to be Jamie Drysdale. And I feel as though he can really help our, uh, our team develop. Because if you look at our defensive uh, pairings of Mueller, Subban, Severson, um, all those guys, we have a lot of uh, old veteran players that honestly aren't going to be sticking by us for this, um, for this rebuild. So we need a young guy, a young defensive man. Now, we already picked up Riley Walsh out of Harvard. And uh, I hope that uh, he, he sort of, John, you should uh, vouch for me. I hope that uh, Riley Walsh becomes what Adam Fox is for the Rangers, because who was in charge of the Rangers uh, defensive scheme? Lindy Ruff. Yeah. Sure. And Adam Fox is uh, what Adam Fox is carrying that sorry defensive unit, isn't he, John? If, if I right or wrong? I mean, he's the shining star of the unit. There's some other guys that I feel pretty good about, but right now, yeah, Adam Fox, he's the guy you want to build around there. Yes, I'm right. And, and who is um? No, I forgot to say this. Adam Fox, Riley Walsh, teammates. So I think Riley Walsh will uh, be good. But we need more young defensive men. And I am going with Jamie Drysdale. I thought it would be super unlikely he would fall this far to number seven. I'm surprised none of you have picked him. What? I, okay, Lafreniere was uh, all, all there. Raymond, Quinn, Holtz, Drysdale, hello. You need defense to win games. And uh, this is why one of the reasons why we're all in this situation is because I think our defense sucks. So that's my man. That's who I'm going with. Well, Trey, you, you make a good point talking about how you're surprised the defenseman hasn't gone. If a defenseman doesn't go in the top five, in this draft, it'll be the first time since 2003. So 17 years straight, a defenseman has gone top five. And uh, getting Drysdale there is great. But if you said offense isn't the problem, wouldn't you think Jake Sanderson might be a bit better in his own zone? Okay. I, I was looking at Jake Sanderson. He was on my list, along with Alexander Hulse. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jason. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I, I had a lot of Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, Jake Sanderson is definitely uh, on the list of, you know, a left defensive man who did really well for the USHL. But the thing is, his range can go from 7 to 16, mm -hmm. according to um, allaboutjersey.com. So, whereas Jamie Drysdale, his window is much smaller. So, it goes from 5 to 8. So, you know who's going to be the better player. And I, if, if I have to choose, if, if, if it's life or death, gun at my head, I'm choosing um, Jamie Drysdale, honestly, because I feel I feel like his window is small. I feel like uh, he's more likely to win a Norris Trophy. I think he could win a couple of them. And Jake San Sanderson is just it's just too up in the air. He could go from seven to sixteen. That's a huge, huge gap. I would say Whereas it's probably more likely that Sanderson stays a top four defenseman for longer. But I think Drysdale, in his best years, will have much better numbers than Sanderson. Like I see right. Sanderson's more like your Ryan McDonough where Jamie Drysdale could be like a Drew Doughty in terms of offensive production. I will defend the pick here for, for New Jersey as well is that, uh, you know, you just brought up kind of the range of where Drysdale was supposed to go as well as Sanderson. Sanderson is kind of a wild card in this draft. And I think that if he goes in the top 10, it really helps the wild out. Definitely. Um, 
as would Jack Quinn. But the the big thing is here is that uh, with Sanderson, I still think he's going to be a very, very good defenseman. But with Sanderson, I think you could potentially trade down. So if you're going to pick at seven, you maybe pick more of the sure thing with Drysdale. And if you're going to settle for, and this isn't settling, but if you're going to go for Sanderson, maybe that's an opportunity to trade down, maybe acquire another pick, maybe get another player out of the deal. And and then maybe pick Sanderson, maybe a little bit later, maybe after the top 10. Right. And um, Jake Sanderson uh, out of, um, what's he out of University of North Dakota. Yeah. Going um, in as a freshman this year. Right. Um, you know, he recognizes appropriate times to join the rush and pinches and opposing wingers. Well, you know, sealing off pass options along the boards to prevent breakouts. Uh, but, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just a little hesitant of him being able to do it at the high level, because like I said, I'm sticking with the ranges going from seven to 16. That's a huge gap. That's a huge, that, that means he's either a top 10 pick or he's just like a whatever who who will just become like, you know, just fall out of the league in like four years. If I'm being honest. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Drysdale. All right. We've got some controversy and I, I'm surprised Drysdale fell that far too. So uh, congratulations to New Jersey recap on, so far, on, on, just on picking up the their of... fancy skating defenseman. <laughs> so. What we also, I just want to clarify, Trey, the Red Wings are in this position because they do everything bad. They were outscored by 123 goals this season, and it, the season didn't even finish. What was Jimmy Howard's record again? Uh, it was like 2-25 and 25 yeah, or something like that. It was like an 880. Yeah, they got outshot uh, in the second. Or they just got outshot like 2-1 to one Hey, this year. come on. So Jimmy, Howard, was, or Jimmy Howard did good in the like AHL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Honestly, no, sorry. It made me pretty sad. I used to be a really big Jimmy Howard fan growing up. So, hey, okay, on. so I, come on, I was five feet away from him in San Diego earlier this year. So, Jason, you want you want to recap? You want to recap? Okay. Yeah, just for the sake of it. Okay, Lafreniere number one, Byfield uh, number two, uh, Stutzfield, Raymond, Quinn, Holtz, Drysdale. Bam. Oh, all right, number eight on our draft board is the Buffalo Sabres, and unfortunately, the uh, wonderful gentlemen behind Locked On Sabres were not able to join us tonight, so we figured we'd uh, do the next best thing and turn it back over to at least a hockey team that also resides in New York, so we're going to head back to John Chick from Locked On Rangers to be our uh, pretend Buffalo person. Before John... I makes the pick. I just want to say I'm shocked that there's two guys right now that are still on the board. Yeah, there's there's a yeah, there's at least one shock yeah. on the board. Well, let me see if this is one of them. I'll let you guys answer as soon as I say it here. I think for the Buffalo Sabres, a team that's kind of struggled to score goals for however many years you might go back now, it's always something of an issue for that team. You need points, you need somebody who can put the puck in the net. And I'm gonna go with Cole Perfetti yeah. for that pick. Was that Jason and whoever else said that? Was that who you thought was yeah, yep. yeah well, Nolan yeah. said he might have taken him at four, and I was thinking about him at five, too. Yeah. I thought about him at six. It came down, it came <laughs> down to the Raymond and Perfetti for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just think it's the way to go for that team. I mean, you got to keep Jack Eichel happy. It seems like every couple of weeks there's a rumor that either the Sabres want to trade him and, like, rebuild again, or they, you know, Jack Eichel himself wants to get out of Buffalo or whatever it might be. So I think you want to try something like this that can play on the same – line is Jack Eichel, hopefully. Somebody who's got some big-time upside, a uh, sniper, 
by all accounts, he's very smart, very has a very high hockey IQ, and uh, 111 points in 61 games in the OHL this past season. So definitely somebody uh, with some big time upside and somebody that can turn a franchise around. So yeah, I'm surprised he fell this far, but uh, if I'm going to represent the Buffalo Sabres here, give me a uh, Cole Perfetti. Yeah, you did you did them well, and I just want to mention that it also takes off the pressure from him to try to be a center because you can be the left wing on Jack Eichel's line. I think that would be a, a pretty symbiotic relationship between the two of them. Absolutely. All right, we are heading to the Central Division. As we get down to the wire in our top 10, we are going to go to Locked on Wild. You're on the clock. All right, this presents a kind of a perfect scenario, I think, for the Minnesota Wild. They need centers with Eric Stahl, now gone, gone to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Miko Koivu is not returning. He has not really announced that he's retiring, but he's no longer going to be on the Wild. The Wild are very, very thin down the middle. So the way this draft board fell, it's between kind of like a Marco Rossi or an Anton Lindell. And, and it, I think if the Wild are in this position, they're going to love this position. It's going to be a tough decision, but I think they're going to love this idea because uh, there's going to be two really solid center prospects here to choose from. Rossi's a little bit smaller, um, definitely a lot more fast. Uh, and, and and has the ability to score and, and play make. Anton, Anton Lundell is very much a Koivu kind of clone, uh, plays a very 200-foot game, and uh, but also has a little bit more offensive upside than maybe uh, Koivu did back in the day. So this one's a really tough one, but I'm probably going to go with, uh, with Rossi on this one. Uh, just – you know, when you look at kind of like the scouting reports here, you know, you, you see things like a guy doesn't ever take a shift off. His legs are always moving. I mean, that's kind of the tenacity that these young guys like um, Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov are going to need in the future as kind of a player to to uh, to, to bring them up another level here. And um, the other thing is, too, is like, you know, he's got speed and the, these two players need to play with speed. The game is, is faster. It, it's, it's younger. And the wild have been slow and boring for so freaking long. You can't even imagine. So to get somebody that's dynamic and fast with, with ability to, to shake the defenders. I mean, that is huge. So that is the reason why I am picking Marco Rossi for the Minnesota wild at pick number nine. And I think this is a great pick. Um, and one that I think the Minnesota Wild would uh, would absolutely love to be in a position to take on uh, on next Tuesday's draft. Joe, tell him how many points he had in in Ottawa last year. It was uh, ridiculous. One hundred and twenty. Yeah, is that good? That's kind of good. Yeah, thirty two goals, eighty one assists. And that's the other thing too. Like with Fiala taking a step, with Kaprizov going to be coming in as well. Like. They need a guy that can also play make. That's kind of the other thing too that I'm looking at his stats here. Is like he also has a lot of assists, and some of that could be by, basically just uh, by osmosis, just being on the ice with other talented players. But like you need a guy that can also set up these players too, because uh, Fiala's going to need the puck a lot. Kaprizov's going to need the puck a lot. You got some younger players in Jordan Greenway that potentially could move up the line. It's it's there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of people that are going to need the puck. And uh, the Wild right now just do not have that passer in their system, and I think this is a great player to to bring in to their uh, into their uh, into their system and, uh, and 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 moving forward here. Just because I think that uh, you know when you when you talk about the speed, when you talk about how just dynamic he is, this is one of those guys that I think the Minnesota Wild were are going to be excited about. 
From J.D. Burke to Craig Button to Scott Wheeler, every draft analyst we've had on the show says that Marco Rossi will be playing the NHL next season. So he's a guy you can put right into your lineup, probably on a third line, and that's huge to get at nine. I, th- I think that's probably a steal of the draft so far. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, and we are going to round things out <laughs> with the Winnipeg Jets. Harrison from Locked on Jets, you're on the clock. <sighs> you imagine watching a top nine pick round and you see Rossi is slipping and slipping and slipping and Perfetti is slipping and slipping and slipping and then boom, right before you get to your pick, all of the joy and happiness is sucked out of your life. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what watching the Jets sometimes is like. But, but it's okay. We're cool. We're chilling. Because my original draft target that I thought would be around at this range uh, and of course, Joe from the wild was considering it. And, uh, you know, obviously I would have preferred that he made this pick, but it's okay. We're cool. We're still friends. I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, you know, not quite over it, but we'll select Anton Lundell from HIFK of Liga. Uh, Lundell is kind of an interesting player because the Jets basically took Lundell uh, 1.0 and David Gustafson. I think Winnipeg right now is, well, we don't really have many centers. We've got Mark Shifley and Andrew Kopp as our two best centers, plus the ghost of Cody Eakin, and I don't even know who else. Um, so we're, we're running out of time, and I think the Jets are probably in the most tenuous position they've been in since the relocation. I think that they basically torpedoed every single cup chance that they've had. They've completely mismanaged a lot of the talent on the roster. Um, and I, I think that this is a, a draft pick that they desperately need to hit a home run on. And Lundell... Right now is still a work in progress. He's still got some things that he needs to work on. But I think that his mature game, his two-way transitional play, and the untapped offensive upside that he's starting to show uh, will be a major selling point to him, hopefully becoming a second-line center. But I don't know. I mean, banking all of your hopes and dreams on this pick is probably not my most comfortable position, but this is kind of where the Jets are at. You know, (laughs) we've had quite a few uh, off-season rumors already, so I think the Jets just need a win here. So no trades, no no wild movements, a couple of uh, steals in the draft. Uh, any any parting thoughts from, from my group here, looking back on the draft, on your picks? Uh, do you think that what you guys picked is what your teams are going to pick? Or, or are we going to see something crazy? Are we going to see teams trading out of the top 10? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? What do you guys think? Well, it's so- interesting because... Well, three people in here have multiple picks, and I know Trey, the Devils, and the Sens have three first-rounders each. Um, I'll ask you, Trey, who do you think was the surprise in that top ten? The surprise, in my opinion, is um, I I just feel as though I have the most surprising one because it's just like everyone in the New Jersey Devils organization is just saying, okay, let's draft this center, let's draft this winger, let's draft this offensive player, this or that and the other. And I'm just like, in my honest opinion, I, I, I've taken the other side of this argument, which is um, uh, we need defense. This is why I was a huge fan of the Riley Walsh signing, because we need young defensivemen. Because at this point, I'm just waiting for the Seattle crack an expansion draft so that way they could either take Subban or Zajac, one of those two, or both. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. But I, 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 at this point, we need young defensive men to develop because Subban is not there. Mueller, not there. Severson, great, not there because, because you know, they're, they're not going to stick with us 
for this rebuild. I'd be stunned if they did. Um, I, I just feel like we, we need defense. And uh, I believe, so six picks in, no one's gone with defense. And I was the first one to say, I'm going with a defensive man. I'm not going to go with a, a center. I'm not going to go with a winger. But uh, uh, who, who's like, yeah, Harrison does have a point. Who selected Quinn? What, what was your thought process there? Yeah, that was us in uh, Ottawa. Basically, with Detroit taking Perfetti or uh, Raymond instead of Perfetti, that basically played our hand. The After getting a number one center, the need for a goal-scoring right winger is right there. And just the shot that Jack Quinn has growing up uh, or playing in our backyard with the 67s, I just think position-wise, it made the most sense for us, and we can try to hit other positions later on the draft with one of our 13 draft picks this year. And Jack Quinn's one of those guys who burst on onto the scene, right? He had 16 goals at the OHL level last season, and somebody mentioned he's an early birthday, so he's one of the older guys in this draft. Some would say, you know what, 52 goals, like you're on the number one team in the CHL, are you getting carried at all? 34 goals at even strength led the entire Canadian Hockey League. Here's a list of OHL players who have had more goals in a single season than Jack Quinn in their draft year. And let's remember, this season wasn't even able to be finished. It's Patrick Kane had 62, Stamkos and John Tavares each had 58. That's the end of the list. I think my thought with Quinn is that for me, a top five pick when I saw the, the players that were on the board, if I were to go, you know, at, at five and Holtz was still on the board, Holtz would have been immediately my pick. Cause like in a lot of ways, Holtz huh. looks like the Swedish Kyle Connor to me. And Kyle Connor for me is a very frustrating player. Um, when he's scoring goals, he's immensely gifted and one of the best one-on-one matchup men with a, a beautiful release. It's just that the rest of his play is, is kind of a problem, but if you want pure goal scoring, that's what you got. I, I think for me, Quinn is actually a lot more of a playmaker than he gets credit for. Um, and this is something that some underlying tracking has found is that he's actually a pretty good setup guy. It's just, I think about how he's accomplished a lot of his goal scoring ability, which is definitely kind of uh, on his release and sort of, I, I think he's actually a pretty crafty player. And it's just, I'm, I look at Holtz and what he's accomplished in a men's league. It's a really tough sell. I think Holtz, for me, has that release that's just one to be afraid of. Uh, if he's yeah. already doing it against pro goals, uh, pro goaltending, like Holtz, for me, that dude is going to slap in like 30 to 40 a year. And I guess my, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I guess my question for everybody is, how sure are we that the, the top three are going to go top three because like we were talking about on our show yesterday philip sedina was never supposed to fall to the red wings at number six in 2018 seth jones was never supposed to fall to the columbus blue jackets at four in what was that 2014 yeah so i mean like you have you go in and we've spent so long talking about it way longer than usual so i guess it it, it just kind of gets beat into you a little bit but i mean are we positive that that's kind of how it ends up i mean uh i was talking to well, I was talking to John uh, last month uh, in our crossover. I said, is there any, because I had a friend come onto the show as a guest star. And he said, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers just, you know, fudge this up and just, uh, you know, just pass on Lafreniere. So I asked, I asked John, is there any chance that happens? And he said, mm, not likely. 
Just yeah, like I put, I put well, it I think at Stutzler is like, the only variable that I'm I mean, really thinking about. It would be the Kings that would switch things up here. Yeah, yeah. Byfield would be taken so fast at three if yeah. Los Angeles yeah. doesn't take so him. Fast. And and Dorian said we we know what we're doing at three. It just depends on what the Kings. Do. I'm not convinced it's yeah. Stutzler though. I think there's a chance that it's Lucas Raymond because they've liked yeah. to go for the safer player in the past in terms of a two way game. Uh, you look at both forwards and D yeah. that, that they've drafted since Dorian was uh, named GM. Trent Mann is the, the head scout. He does all the – and it's always safe picks. And Lucas Raymond is definitely a, a safer pick than Tim Stutzla. I just needed a center at three. That's that's basically the only argument that I would have taken over Raymond. We, we've had the debate plenty of times on the Lockdown Senators. It's, it's a toss-up for us. But the positional need just takes advantage because of Holtz, which we talked about, and Jack Quinn. If they don't get Lucas Raymond, the number one right wing in the draft, it's okay to, to get your backup rather than the, the gap between Stutzla and, let's say, Rossi at, at center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's why I had Holtz pretty much all the way, is that's the Ducks' biggest need. I mean, they do love their Swedes. They've drafted them in the past with, obviously, you have Ricard Raquel, who's an all-star, Hampus Lindholm, who's an all-star, uh, Larson, you know, a plethora of Do I need to grab like. my Jakob Silverberg jersey out of the closet? <laughs> Silfie! You know what? Say what you will, but that guy's an, all, an all-star caliber player. So you can grab that Silfie jersey whenever you want. That is fine with me. Oh, he's going to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go get it. I, I will give props you to him. You told him to. I did. Um, yeah, he was on my... Wow, that is a thing of beauty. <laughs> Not going to lie. That's a beauty. Okay, by me. The the funny thing is with uh, the top two or three that you're talking about, I thought there was more, maybe not so much with the Rangers getting the top, top pick, but I know like we were even debating it uh, on Lockdown Wild when they were doing the second phase of the, the draft lottery. Like, is Byfield more fitting to the Wild if you go number one? And so it was kind of more of like a, there might be more of a question. Plus there's also late steam in the, in, out there that maybe Byfield is worth taking number one uh, over Lafreniere. And I think there was, there was a little bit out there, like maybe there was more of a question there than necessarily between Byfield and Stutzla. I think, I think one and two, maybe more, more interchangeable than say two and three. I think there is a little bit of a drop off to Stutzla, even though Stutzla is much, is a very, very fine player. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, but you're right that whoever said it before, the Kings could mess everything yeah, they, up. They could, and, and I think that, you know, Rob Blake does kind of play it safe. I don't think he's going to go totally off the board. Stutzel's going to be interesting to see where he goes because I've seen some mock drafts and some, you know, draft analysis, draft ranking that has him a little further down and falling to teams a little further in that top 10. And so it really does hinge so much on what Rob Blake and his scouting staff decide to do is going to impact so much of the rest of the order. And, and you know, I, I think about the year that um, Columbus selected Pierre-Luc Dubois and everyone was like, why are you picking this kid? Like, he's not, you're going totally off the board. And they were like, he is the player who is the best for us. He's going to suit the needs that we have. We need someone down the middle. And now years later, he is a superstar for that team. And he is going to be, you know, the number one center for that team for a long time, unless they, you know, do something crazy. It's Columbus who knows. Uh, But 
you know, I, I think of that draft of someone jumping up because a team saw their organizational need and they took that more seriously or put more importance on that than they did on who is the best guy at this position. So I think there's a lot of choices that are going to be real weird, maybe. Sarah, do you think that there's any chance Rob Blake selects a defenseman at number two? I, I think like I, I think that it's he keeps saying he he has, you know, three or four guys that he's thinking about, and one of them has to be a defensive player. Keep thinking, Rob. I've talked about it on, on my show, but like they don't have another Drew Doughty. They don't have another number one guy anywhere in the pipeline. Um, Drew Drew Doughty in his prime, let's say, instead of Drew Doughty now. Uh, But they they don't have that. That is a big spot of weakness for the team. And so you look at uh, uh, Jamie Drysdale, who, uh, as I've said when I was on uh, your guys' show, the Senators' show, I watched clips of him, and I was like, holy crap, this guy is a video game. Like, he's wild to watch. And so I, I think that they're probably considering it, I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. And I, I would kind of like to see it just because it would create such chaos in the draft. We're so used to just everything kind of going how we expect it to do. Um, I don't know that Rob Blake is the agent of chaos this year, but it's like a whole week worth of shows. If he did. So yeah, well, you, you, you and I both know Rob Blake, you know that he would be the kind of guy that would do that. <laughs> Let's hope so. Okay. So, Let's say a crazy situation. Drysdale goes to obviously sends take Byfield. Nolan, are you going with Stutzel at that point? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Easy. Put yeah. him a cider on the I German national team and let absolutely. him go. Absolutely. I tweeted yeah. out a video the other day. It was just Mo Cider walking out of the uh, I saw, I saw team Germany it. locker room and with he was the just C. Yeah, he had the C oh, on, right? dude. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what. Uh, shake that. I mean, I'm Akon. Just just shouting it in his uh, little German accent. It was beautiful. I'm like, this is the future. I've oh, never I been. You guys get Stutzla now. Just uh, oh, that's what I'm saying. Byfield. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you guys get Byfield, so it's a good consolation prize. And then we duke it out in the in the Atlantic for the yeah next until February until yeah. <laughs> Nothing screams future like a song that's 13 years old. <laughs> hey. Um, a man who question, respects question. his tradition, which is a good thing in this in this city. Nolan, while while I have your attention, uh, so the Detroit Red Wings obviously acquire Mark Stahl. Don't know why he's awful uh, from, from the Rangers. And uh, John, it has been confirmed that uh, Lundqvist will be uh, waived by the uh, by the um, or bought out bought out by the um, Rangers. I don't know if you saw that, but. Um, yep. What was, what was the point of that Mark Stahl trade again? Because that doesn't make—I mean, it makes sense for the Rangers because I wouldn't want him on my team. But why would you take uh, Mark Stahl? Like, what? What, what well, is he going to bring? Well, so basically, they didn't. Uh, did you know they traded future considerations for him, which uh, might likely be nothing. Like Chris Draper was traded for one dollar uh, and a future considerations trade. That's like one of the famous stories around Detroit. But the idea behind it is basically you buy a second round draft pick by offering the Rangers the chance to get that contract off of their books because the Red Wings have ample cap space. So you say, you know what, because we suck and we don't have any good hockey players worth paying any money, we're going to do ourselves a favor and hopefully eventually get a player that we, we can pay money later on down the road with the second round pick that we pretty much, it's, it's literally buying a draft pick. Yeah, the Red Wings, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for the Red Wings. You know, obviously, I hope it's locked on Rangers, but 
I think from their perspective, they don't realistically see themselves competing next season. So they can say all the right things like, oh, you know, we're happy to have Mark Stahl, blah, blah, blah. But really, they're just, they're okay with overpaying him for just one season because they know that they're not going to win the Stanley Cup next season anyway. So it's worth it to just overpay Mark Stahl for one year and then either trade him at the deadline next season or just move on from him uh, when his contract expires at the end of next season. I mean, I, I, Nolan, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, obviously there's an element to it, too, of he's a veteran guy in the locker room. And I think sometimes that gets a little bit overblown or maybe overvalued. But I think Mark Stahl, of all people, I mean, 999 games with the Rangers, just a, the consummate professional, uh, was a shutdown defenseman on that blue line for a long, long time. And when you look at the Red Wings team last year, like – uh, I, I think the big problem is it's not that they weren't good players, but they weren't good players who added any value long-term or short-term. Mark Stahl, whatever it may be, as as marginal as it might be, has some sort of long-term value simply by being a presence when Mo Sider comes up for his NHL tryout, when uh, Jared McIsaac, if he, if he gets a crack at the NHL this year, Phil Peronik, those guys, as they're trying to learn the game, learn from somebody who they know – has been around the block and, and it's not like just learning from Trevor Daly, which uh, I don't even want to get into that. I just went to a place there. I don't know. <laughs> I think there is one thing that we haven't talked about that is kind of a bit of a bull in the room because it's going to be, I, I think it has the potential to cause a huge change in the rankings. And I think that's going to be Askarov. I think Askarov right now is just sitting there. He remains probably. Of the goaltending prospects, I, I'm not really into taking prospects who are goalies at top 10 picks, but if you are going to use one, I think there is an okay argument that Askarov presents an unbelievably rare mixture of physical talent, technique, and just superhuman reflexes where I think people start to think about it. I mean, the stuff that he's doing in the KHL, I think is like, what, 18? It's just not fair. I mean, like the kid is, he's genuinely gifted. And I think one of the top 10 teams is going to take a flyer. And unfortunately for the Wild, I kind of worry it's going to be the Wild. I don't, that necessarily know if that's, I don't necessarily know if that's worrisome, though, because we even debated. Uh, I think there's a lot of fans that are like, never take a goalie in the first round. Don't do not do that. But I think that when you look at Yaroslav Askarov and you see some of the the, the scouting reports, on him, and then they use words like generational goalie talent and – super athlete and all this stuff. I'm like, it is more, it is actually something that you put up for debate now. And it's something that we, uh, my Tony, my co-host on lockdown wild, we debated uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, that is something that like, ideally, no, you're right. You probably don't take them. But if, if the, if the draft board and, you know, before the wild goes, um, and it shakes out differently than say like we, what we did here, maybe, maybe Ottawa doesn't take Jack Quinn at number five again, you know, and, and you get the, the, the Lundell and the, um, and the Rossi and the Perfetti's they kind of go a little bit sooner than that. You, you, you go on best player available. And like I said, generational talent is not something that's often thrown around that, uh, and the wilds certainly need goaltending. And I know they've got some, some up and comers, but I mean, the idea is nowhere near you, Askarov. At yeah. 18, yeah, right. At 18 years old, if you got somebody that can come in in a couple of years, uh, I know he's got the Russian factor and they've already kind of dealt with that with Kaprizov. But like, look, <laughs> if you got somebody that's going to come in, and it's going to be a franchise goaltender for years. I mean, look at 
look at uh, Vasilevsky. He's a good Stanley yeah. Cup winner. Obviously, that's obviously one of those things. But that's kind of who Askarov was or was performing just as well in the KHL at 18 years old. So that's the name I was going to throw out there was Vasilevsky. He was another first rounder. I do think at nine, if the draft board shakes out that it is more than just a debate, it's an actual consideration. Now I do think that they do need to take a center prospect, but I wouldn't necessarily hate it. If that's the way that that went. Who's most likely to take Askarov? Do you think? I hear uh, Carolina a lot if he falls to where Carolina's picking, which is, I think, 13. Um, I've heard a lot of people suggest that they they don't really have a a strong goaltending pipeline, and that has been a weakness for the Hurricanes for uh, quite some time, is not really having anyone in net who is useful. Uh, And so that's what I've been hearing a lot, is that they're kind of looking at him. I have this weird feeling Freddie Anderson's going to end up in Carolina. I don't know what it is. I know they drafted him way back in the day, <laughs> so never played for saying? him. I just have this weird feeling. Toronto and Carolina, they've made trades before. You saw the Patrick Marlowe uh, for a first rounder just last year. And uh, there's been some rumblings that Carolina's a team that really wants Freddie Anderson. Now, this is a situation, and I cover the Leafs at 1050 uh, TSN all the, all the time. And they're not leaving without a number one goalie. So it would be a situation where the free agent market is what it is with Braden Holpe with Robin Leonard, although I think he's going to re-sign Jacob Markstrom as well. There's a lot of options that if if Toronto can unload the five and a half that Anderson's making for an asset, they could reallocate that by wooing a free agent to come in without any assets given up. So you're, you're, you're making it sound like it's going to be a mid-first round pick, either somewhere between 13 to 15 at this point. For, for Askarov? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair place to put him. And how fun would it be if he went to Toronto at 15? If they oh, got God. rid of Anderson, they sign a one-year ticket with Braden Holpe or something like that, t- sell a goalie on the chance to win with the core that the Leafs have, and then you, g- you get your franchise guy in a couple of years. I think if he falls to 15, which I don't think he will, I think he'll go closer to 10, but that would be uh, quite the scenario, all for Kasperi Kapanen uh, going the other way. So Although that's something to consider, which we have not talked about is uh, there's going to be the flat salary cap this year because of, you know, everything that's happened. But also you have the looming expansion draft in less than a year. So that's something else to kind of think about a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you don't want to have two goalies where it's an easy choice. Mm-hmm. We'll get another flurry Murray situation. <laughs> well, guys, it has been a blast doing the mock draft. I can't wait to see how right or wrong all of us are. Uh, I'm going to go just in order in the way my screen is to uh, give you all one last chance to pitch yourselves, your shows and any, anything that you want your last words to be on today's show. Uh, Ross and Brandon from locked on sends. Where can people find you? What's up? What's your last thought? Pilsy. I've talked too much. It's all you. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Send Central, the Locked On Senators podcast. We've been pumping out interviews for this draft like crazy. The draft for the Senators has been the most exciting thing in over 200 days. We haven't played a game of hockey in a while, as like most of you. So we're excited to draft an elite goal scorer with pick number five. I'll let Ross take number three, the uh, the summary there. But pick number five, Jack Quinn, right in her own backyard in Ottawa. 52 goals in the OHL. That's not too shabby at all. There's an elite goal-scoring right-winger that we're penciling in our lineup for the next decade. 
Yeah. So I mentioned that he would be choice number two at right wing. I think positionally it is what it is for Ottawa. At three, you have to take a center. At right, at five, you have to take a right wing. And there's so many defensemen in that 15 to 50 range. And they're, the range on these defensemen are crazy. And they all have some sort of upside, whether it's offensive, defensive. That's where Ottawa has to build on the back end, take some risks. Because they do have seven picks in the first two rounds. Nine in the first 70 picks of this NHL draft. So the the flexibility is there. Will they make all those picks? No, but Pierre Dorian is going to be the busiest man in hockey. And just to finish off, they have nine players signed for next season. So the amount of movement that they have with their roster right now, they're $23 million under the floor, not the cap, the floor. So he's going to be a very interesting man to watch uh, going forward here, coming to the draft. All right. Thanks guys. John with locked on Rangers, where can people find you and any last thoughts? Yes, so you can find me on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And as far as last thoughts here, definitely tune into Lockdown Rangers. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, certainly Henrik Lundqvist, because it sounds like he indeed is going to be bought out tomorrow. We might have to dedicate an entire week to Henrik Lundqvist. We'll see what we do there. Uh, Mark Stahl, you know, we've talked a little bit about the trade there. The two longest tenured Rangers uh, seemingly now both going to be on their way. And obviously, we'll continue talking about the draft, continue talking about the free agency, all that good stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun on Lockdown New York Rangers. All right. Thank you, Jason. Locked on Ducks. You're up. Quack, 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 quack. Um, first off, just to make Sarah Avampato laugh, we are not the home of the Cow Palace. <laughs> we are home to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks because I still freaking call them that. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, you can find my show at LO underscore Ducks, and you can follow me personally at StimpyJD, where no one here cares about hockey at all. I hate to say it, but as of right now, no one in SoCal gives a damn about hockey because the Lakers are in the finals and the Dodgers are in the playoffs. So really, no one cares. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are people that care because I'm still getting emails and still getting questions. Fine. But you know what I'm going to do next tomorrow? Going to watch Dodgers. Going to watch Lakers. So there may be some baseball and basketball talk on my show for the next couple weeks. Uh, but what else? Yeah, just follow me on Stampy JD. It's going to be a lot of fun. Check it out. Kings yeah. and Ducks. And quack, 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 quack. Irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our teams are sadly irrelevant in, in Southern California right now. Joe from Locked on Wild. Where can people find you? Any last thoughts, etc. cetera? Well, first, I uh, appreciate you having me on. You can definitely follow our Twitter account, Locked on Wild. Um, you can follow me personally at Joe Boo number 15 on Twitter as well. And, uh, Really just, uh, if you're looking for Minnesota Wild content, you can follow my written work as well as my co-host written work, Tony Abbott, at uh, 10kranks.com. We are a a part of a media company called Zone Coverage here in the Twin Cities that uh, covers all sports, but we cover specifically the Minnesota Wild and pretty much everything there. And we'll have uh, loads and loads of draft content there as well. So check that out. It's 10kranks.com and Locked On Wild. Nolan from Locked On Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. You can follow me personally at Nolan Bianchi. Tune in. It's a good mix of uh, shenanigans and uh, analysis and updating you guys and everything that's going on with the Red Wings organization. We do these things lately called How Do You Feel About It Friday, where you don't even need to be a fan of the Red Wings to tune in. Uh, we just ask each other blank. How do you feel about it for 30 straight minutes. Some, some of it's Red Wings, some of it's hockey, some of it's, you know, apple. we end up deciding to A, do an apple cider tasting taste test 
blind taste test on a, on a live stream and also decided to get an ant farm named the Manthony ant farm on those episodes. So it, it's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at lockdown red wings. Uh, we'll see you guys there. That's amazing. Trey from locked on devils. Where can people find you and uh, any last thoughts for us? Where can you find me? Find me on Twitter, Trey Matt 4, T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T, and the number four. You can find me on Instagram, Trey Emory Matthews. You can also find me on Snapchat. That is the same as my Twitter, so rewind if you want to know that. Whether I add you back or not is totally up to me. And my final thoughts is, New Jersey, please do not fudge this up, okay? And if anybody out there is listening in the front office position, please take Subban. Please take Zajac. We'll give a... We'll take a bag of potato chips in, in in return. We just need their contracts gone. Please. Well, give us a McDonald's meal or something. We'll see what phone calls we can make. <laughs> and closing things out with Harrison from Locked On Jets. Where can people find you and all that great stuff? Well, if you make the unfortunate decision to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at HO Living Loco, where I talk about the Jets and mostly rant about sports teams that I love that suck um, and also follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets my final thought is please for the love of all that is good and holy do not trade Patrick Line 2020 sucks and the last thing I want to see is Line wearing somebody else's jersey I'm already dying inside don't hurt me anymore please it's been a long season been a long year the last thing I, I can't deal with more bad Jets news let's let's just have a happy Line A happy Line day we get a good draft take another finish center Go Jets go. And for Locked On Kings, I'm Sarah Avampato. You can find my show at Locked On LA Kings. I'm on Twitter at Wright Said Sarah. That's W R I T E Said Sarah with an H. And uh, my final thoughts I'm kind of leaning into Rob Blake, Agent of Chaos. I think that that would be really fun and would give me, yeah, like a whole week's worth of shows of people just wanting to come on the show to be like WTF. So, Rob Blake. Give me something weird. Love it. Support that. Thank you to all of you guys for jumping on our special draft, our mock draft show. And we will see very soon how right or wrong we all were.